So this Sunday is our third Sunday in Lent, and today we are going to be focused on the concept of repentance. And so we have this passage from Luke chapter 13, and it is uh, verses 6 to 9. So listen for the word of God. Then he, Jesus, told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, this week, I have to say, it felt a lot like spring. Uh, the trees are budding, uh, the birds are singing, the allergies are flaring. All the sure signs of spring are among us. And so like many people, I've had some yard work done and Reed sent out a crew to trim bushes and to clean up the beds. And he came to check on them and we were having a conversation and I said, hey Reed, I got these two rose bushes right here and, and they don't ever seem to bloom very much, once in a while, but mostly no flowers. And he said to me, well, you know, I'd probably, uh, I'd need to ask you how long, you know, have you had them? And I said, well, four years, five years? He said, well, you probably want to dig them up and plant something else. You see, this is our story today, the parable that Jesus tells. And Jesus is always telling us stories from our physical world in order to help us understand something about our spiritual lives. And so in this story in Luke, Jesus says that a man had planted this fig tree. Now a fig tree grows to full maturity in three years, and it hasn't produced any fruit. And on top of that, a fig tree normally produces more than one harvest in a given year. So he's missing a lot of fruit from this tree, and the owner of the land says, it's kind of wasting the soil. I might as well put something productive in it, but the gardener's like, no, no, wait. Uh, let, me, let me stir up the dirt and water and fertilize, and let's wait one more year, and let's see what happens. Now, this story, this parable, comes in the middle of chapter 13, which is really about repentance. If you go on and you go home this week and you read this whole chapter, you're going to find it's a story or a whole uh, teaching on repentance. And so for you and I, normally we think of repentance as I sin, I disobey God, I repent, and God forgives me. But repentance, if you're really looking at the Bible, is actually a much deeper and richer kind of concept. So there is uh, the Hebrew word shub, and there's the Greek word metanoia, both of which are indicating a turn or a return, that our lives are turning toward God. 
And you see, repentance isn't just about, oh, I did this big sin. Repentance is also a recognition that we're never in our lives perfectly centered on and focused on God. We've always got these distractions over here and these things that are occupying us, and we're kind of looking at God, but we maybe need to turn a little bit more toward Jesus and toward following him, it is a lifelong process of turning little by little until we're fully centered on God in our lives. And uh, think about it as sort of a recalibration spiritually on an ongoing basis. Uh, if you think about something like an airplane, and it has instrumentation that's going to help the pilot uh, get to the destination, but if that instrumentation is never recalculated and recalibrated, pretty soon it's going to be heading in a direction that the people don't intend to to go at all. It has to be regularly recalibrated to keep it going in the right direction, and our spiritual lives are much the same. We have to turn little by little and keep ourselves turning more toward God. Now, when we look at this understanding of our uh, repentance and our spiritual lives as a constant recalibration, then we need to say, well, everything that, that you calibrate has to have a standard that you look against. So how do I know that my life needs this kind of recalibration? Well, the Bible and Jesus in particular is pretty clear on what that is, and it has to do with the fruit that we bear. And here I would say it's not only fruit that each of us bear as an individual, but we're also looking at fruit that the church as a community, as the body of Christ, bears as well. And it seems to me there are two kinds of fruit that we are to bear in our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ. And the first is sort of that inward uh, spiritual fruit that becomes manifest in our lives. Uh, it is what we would call the fruit of the Spirit that we can find in Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 22, where it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If these are not uh, the characteristics that are being expressed in our lives, then we probably need some calibration. Which one of these am I uh, struggling with? Which one of these is not so evident in my life? Then I need some recalibration. And this is sort of the heart, the heart side of uh, the fruit that we are to bear. But there's also what I would suggest uh, is a hand side to the fruit that we bear because Jesus tells us how we are to heal as he heals and feed as he feeds. Uh, if we look at Matthew 25, when it comes judgment time, Jesus is saying, have you fed those who are hungry? Have you visited the prisoner? Have you clothed the naked? 
Have you served the people in the world that need to know about the love of God, but more than that, need a helping hand? This is fruit that we uh, uh, express in the world based upon our relationship with Christ. And so it's both this inward kind of spirit we have at work with us that manifests in these wonderful ways, and it is then the service that we do on behalf of the kingdom of God. This is the fruit that Jesus is looking for on the tree that is our tree of life. Are we producing fruit for the kingdom of God? This is how we calibrate, this is how we judge our fruitfulness for the kingdom of God. And so you say, well, if I'm reflecting on these in the week that, that comes, and I say, uh, there's something that I really need to recalibrate a little bit, then that next thing that Jesus is really telling us in this parable is, we've got to till the soil. We've got to water, we've got to fertilize, we've got to do some work to get all of this going. Now, if you are one of the people in our church who's a gardener, either flowers or, or vegetables or whatever, you cannot plant those plants and then say, well, that's it for the year, I'm done. Right? You've got to go pull the weeds, you've got to water them, you've got to fertilize them. You've got to do some work if you want that uh, fruit to uh, come to fruition. Right? And that fruit, fruition. See? And so, uh, we in our spiritual lives, we are faced with the very same thing. We know those things that help us recalibrate. Things like prayer and reading the scripture and meditating, spending time with God. These are things that we are to do in order to recalibrate. So too, setting aside time to uh, be of service to others. These are the things that reconnect us and help us turn a little bit in our lives toward that abundance of fruit that we are called to produce on behalf of the kingdom of God. And of course, all of us have something that always needs to be calibrated a little bit Across the course of our lives, we are to make these adjustments again and again. Now, there's one more thing that this parable is pointing us toward when we're looking at this whole concept of, of repentance and recalibrating and bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. And that is that the parable is saying to us, Jesus is saying to us, the time is short, life is fragile. You see, we tend to walk through our days kind of believing that, oh, there's all kinds of time, and, you know, ooh, if I don't uh, reconnect with that person now, there's plenty of time. And, or we think, I, I'll get to it when I'm retired, I can spend more time with God, or when my kids are grown, or when this, or when that. And we often put this off because, you know, there's all the time in the world. But that's not what the scriptures are telling us. You know, I know for myself, when I stop and look at this and I think, I have almost lived six decades, and I don't know where that time has gone. It's gone like that. And so I have, what, two or three more decades of life? And what am I going to do 
with this time that God has given me? What kind of fruit am I going to produce with the time that I have left on this earth? Uh, some of you may have heard the story of Paul Kalanithi, who was a brilliant scientist and a faithful Christian man who spent about 36, of, 36 years of his life training to be a neurosurgeon. And by all accounts, he was a really good doctor. But at the age of 36, as he was just beginning to enter into the fullness of that career he had planned for, all those lives he was going to save, all the difference he was going to make, Paul Kalanathi was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. And it metastasized. Now, he could have basically given up at that point and said, all the things that I thought I was going to do in my life, I can't do. But instead, he chose to begin writing a memoir, which some of you may have read. It's called uh, When Breath Becomes Air, in which not only he told the story of this last uh, part of his life and what it was like uh, to step through all of these uh, procedures leading toward his death, but more than that, to talk about what it meant to live in that amount of time he had to really live and make a difference in the world. He bore fruit in a way he hadn't been expecting, and that book has actually been a New York Times bestseller, telling people what it means to live. And along the way in that year, at one point he and his wife were talking about how they had always wanted to have children, and they decided maybe they should go ahead and have a child. And the wife said to him, but do you think it will make your goodbye even more difficult? And he said to her, wow, wouldn't that be wonderful? In other words, he said, wouldn't it be wonderful that I had so much more that, that was possible for my life and so much more that I love in this world, even if it means the end of my physical existence? You see, this doctor found a way to be fruitful and to turn his life toward God over and over until the day he died in 2015 at the age of 37. You see, people of God, we are called to bear good fruit as a result of our faith in Jesus Christ. We are called to constantly recalibrate our lives, no matter what's going on, toward that one who is Jesus Christ, whom we follow, so that when we reach the end of our lifetime, we are looking face to face at the living God, centered only and always on Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.